Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, (laughs) Cool Button Hockey Podcast number 71 is underway. But Craig, number 86 caught your eye in game three without that performance the brooms may be out for round number three not now kucherov said not today he, i mean he was dancing i mean it, it was unbelievable to watch i mean he ends up with the four minute double minor but then the rangers go and shoot themselves by taking penalties so they weren't really able to take advantage of that time frame in the third period but i mean Kucherov is a superstar. He, we know that. He, you know, we're, we're talking. But you talk about playoffs being about elevating your game at the most important times and critical times. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, go and tune into that game three on home ice. Your season literally is on the line. Like you said, Steve, you know, sweep, sweep. The brooms could be coming out. And Kucherov says, uh-uh, no way. Uh, and he took his game to that level of heart trophy, most valuable player. I'm like, I love watching him play, but he's a fiery competitor that, you know, they've won twice, right? You know what the beautiful thing about great players is, Steve? Great players aren't worried about celebrating what they've done. They're looking ahead to what they can accomplish next. I love that quote because <laughs> lesser great players say, well, we won the cup that year. Or we won it last year. We won it two years ago. So you know what? If I go to the beach or I go to the pub, people will say, well, nice try. No, no, no. I don't care in this moment. And Kucherov was the Pied Piper. But then the Pied Piper needs, you know, those foot soldiers behind them. Because because oh. Vasilevsky was saying, get me three. Like, get me three. Okay? I'm not asking you to get me five. Get me three in what I think now will be a 3-2 series. I think now I can see game four going to overtime. And now we're saying these goalies are so good. There's no shame in giving up three in 60 plus minutes, but I can only give up two. And at even strength, Vasilevsky gave up zero. So when it really mattered, Kucherov's back pass to Palat. Oh my God. And as John Cooper said, he's a, he's a blue collar player playing with white color. Like, and he can play it any way, Palat. And he said before Palat should go down as one of the greatest lightning of all time. Cause he's kind of like an accordion. He can do it every, every which way, but Stammer needed to bury, like Stammer needed to, to bury that one timer. That's what superstars do. Victor Hedman, Vasilevsky, and they got it. And I think they still, like, I think we're in a grinding series 
because no one's going to win 7-2 again or 6-2. That, that means the Lightning are in it. Even if they were to lose game five, let's say, or game four, then you go back for game five. You grind that. We're, we're in for it now. We're in for it now. If the series is played at even strength, who would have thought that the Lightning would rather cancel? Oh, we don't want to play the power play game because the Rangers power play could bury the Lightning if they don't stop those cross-seam Royal Road passes, Craig. Well, and Zibanejad's, I mean, he, we talk about players feeling it. I mean, Zibanejad's been brilliant, right? And, and, and you know, you think about that goal, uh, the winning goal. I mean, Hedman zips it to Kucherov. He makes that little subtle move and then right to Palat moving, right? I mean, it's brilliant. It's Corey Perry. Corey Perry can play on my team any day of the week. That play he makes on the Stamkos goal, it, it's, it's, I mean, I, I watch Corey Perry play, and, and the reason I say he can play on my Corey Perry, we all know that he's not the same player that he was when he was a top player in the league, right? But he understands what type of player he is now. And he, he, he's the best version of that player. He, you know, he, he's, he's savvy. That's what he is. He's savvy. He, he's got all this wisdom that he's accumulated over the years and he knows how to play. He goes deep into the corner and just lofts it right into, in, 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 into the space where Stamkos is coming. Oh, what a play. I mean, what a what a grind it is, and you think about it. I think the heat. I think after that long rest, the Lightning might be just starting to find that that mojo again. That might not be good news. Rangers. Here's what I got to say for the Rangers: Game Four becomes critically important for the Rangers. You got to go in there with a bloodthirsty hunger, bloodthirsty hunger to come back to Madison Square Garden up three one. You got to two two. I'm not liking the Rangers' chances at two two. Strom got hurt. Cop had to yep. go in. Strom came back. So now the Rangers have what, you know, the Lightning and the Avalanche and some other Pittsburgh, Carolina have now. This is a top six injury. Okay. This is a top six. Sammy Blaze been out the whole year. Vetrano came back. Mott came back. Cop came back. So Cop had to go into the middle. Not the same. Even though Strom wasn't lighting it up, it gave them stability. There's a Banajad line, the Strom line, the kid line. So now... And the play you just talked about, I had to say it, what Perry did there was Braden Point-like because Point would have been on the ice and Perry wouldn't have been. So Perry jumps in to say, I'll be Braden Point and makes a Braden Point play. Like that's how good that play was. And oh. now this reminds me of Pat Burns. Any series that's worth its salt is 2-1. Or it's not a series, right? Oilers against the, you know, Hawks in 85. It's not a series. So now it's 2-1. Pat Burns would say, this is Pat. Now, this is the meal, Banya. A soup and a sandwich is a meal. Like, we're in the meal. Tampa didn't expect to be in this spot, but they are. Now, dot, dot, dot. They win game four. The Rangers had the lightning two up. The lightning two up. Not the Penguins. Not Carolina. Right? Not the Flyers. The lightning two up. Now go back into a situation where they're not coming back if they don't win game five, the Rangers. They're not coming back to their building. Like, to me, this is the series. Whoever wins this game wins the series. Quoting Pat Burns, this is the meal. I can't wait, Mr. Button. Well, it's it's interesting to me, too, just where, where teams find themselves, too. And, you know, being in Edmonton for game three and then hearing everything after the game and then the next day on, in the off day. Oh, we, you know, we, we could have won. Oh, the game of inches. 
you know what? You weren't in the game, Edmonton. You weren't in the game. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I know what the scoreboard said. I mean, like, the, if it wasn't for Mike Smith, if it wasn't for Mike Smith, they would have lost that game 6-1 or 6-2, maybe 7-1. He was brilliant until he wasn't, <laughs> which is, which is, you know, which is what happens with Mike Smith. But he was brilliant. And, you know, th- th- they were getting beat at, at every turn. And, and they, couldn't, they couldn't get any traction on the Colorado Avalanche. McLeod scores a goal. We can say that that one shouldn't have gone in, right? And then everybody talks about inches. Bouchard hit the post. Well, great. Well, guess what? The inches that you missed on were also the inches you missed on when you didn't win the battle versus JT Confer. <laughs> like, so don't tell me about the inches at one way when you're not going to talk about all the inches. The inches for the Edmonton Oilers added up to feet. The, the inches for the Colorado Avalanche being on the wrong side were mere inches. For the Oilers, it was the inches were adding up. Oh, the, the, there's four inches, 12 inches, 24 inches. It was three feet. The Oilers aren't in this series. They're not, they're not anywhere near it. They're not good enough. They're not deep enough. Does that mean that they can't win a game four? No, but oh, they're not. They're, they're, I mean, they are getting a, they are getting an education in PhD level championship caliber teams in play. The father, the son, and the Holy Ghost couldn't help the Edmonton Oilers in this series. This is bye-bye Miss Canadian Pie. And the real story is this will be the day that they die. And that's okay. Because uh-huh. they beat the Kings, and then they beat the Flames, but they're not in the Avalanche's tax bracket, and that's okay. Because they needed a feel-good moment. 2017 victory in the first round was a long time ago, so they've done a lot of things. But when it, when you're saying we lost, but we had that breakaway in the second period, we had that empty net, we shot it wide. That's Bob Hope hockey. That's Bob Hope hockey. All the plays that should have mattered in the series, game one. Game two, game three, the Oilers have been just good enough to get swept, to get swept. <laughs> That's what they are. And if somehow they were to win game four, then when they go back to uh, Denver, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost won't even show up because all there will be is uh, the, the priest the fat lady, and she'll be singing because <laughs> it's already – and that's just the truth. And we could argue – should a cane been thrown out of the game already? Does a guy deserve one game for breaking someone's arm? Like, to me, is it fair I knock you out of the game, I stay in, we kill that penalty, so then ends up being a good penalty because you're gone for the game and you're good and I'm in the game and we killed the five. Like, we killed it. So now the series goes on and you're out for games four, five, six, and seven. I'm out for one game and I can return like it is kind of hockey justice. I push you off the cliff. Looks like murder. You catch a branch on the way down and you climb back up and you're in the series later. I, like, I'm not saying I've got an answer of an eye for an eye. It's just not right. And I'm, listen, I like Kane. I helped get him to the Oilers. I like Kadri. He's had his issues. Reverse karma, some have said. It just seems, you if Kadri gets up, shakes off his hand or his arm, grabs his shoulder, leaves, comes back and plays, then it probably feels good. I don't know where we are. And I don't know on like, is it a deterrent if I kick him out of the game? Is it the same as Brandon Hagel? I don't think so. Different type of hit. We like to just, and it's the GMs, Craig. 
They like to massage things in the meeting just in case it's my guy. Just in case it's my guy. I don't want him thrown out. And if I take care of a rule that could protect my guy, then it probably won't hurt me because my team won't be in the playoffs or whatever. That's what I see. Like, stop it right there, Howie Meeker. Kane's out. You got to at least throw Kane out of that game. It's like five in a game. And then we can talk about what is right punishment. I'm not saying I have the answer. All I'm saying is if Kane comes back and scores the overtime winner in game five, overtime winner in game six, overtime winner in game seven, and Kadri doesn't play, I don't call that fair and equal punishment. I'm sorry. Well, I think that that's where we're at, right? The, the, the equity, right? Like, is, is there equity here for the Colorado Avalanche losing Kadri? With uh, with the punishment meted out to Evander Kane, and you know, you know, and let's not forget that uh, the Department of Player Safety, led by George Post, they suspended Kadri last year for eight games. They suspended Shifley for for four games. He he hasn't been hesitant to 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 really up, uh, give some severe punishment in the playoffs based on the head. Like so, I I think we get caught, and we do get caught with the difference between the act and and the result of the act right and you know and and that becomes really great steve and and i get it you know what have i been i i would have been really really happy with a two-game suspension but i'm satisfied with a one-game suspension unfortunately for nazim kadri i'm gonna get on my soapbox and i'm gonna i'm gonna say this anybody suggesting that what happened to nazim kadri is karma it's a garbage com it's a garbage comment it's garbage comment People, you need to be better than that. Nazem Kadri, I don't care what happened in the previous. He paid a big price for transgressions previous, right? And that Jordan Bennington play, okay, was not anybody's fault. It was an unfortunate hockey play. If Jordan Bennington catches the puck, you know what I would have loved to have seen when Jordan Bennington threw the water bottle at Nazem Kadri? Is Nazem Kadri catch it and go, hey, Jordan, if you would have caught the puck, you'd still be playing right now. Like this, instead of dropping the puck. Jordan Bennington created his own injury because what are you going to do? Ask players not to go for a loose puck? The suggestion that people say there's karma there, garbage. People be better than that. Be better than that. That's not fair to, to Nazareth. He's paid his price for previous transgressions. There's no karma there. It's garbage. I'm going to, and I need to say that. Yeah. Bottom line people is, are saying, people are saying it. People are saying, uh-huh. Yeah, they are. Well, good. Well, good. They're ignorant. It's an ignorant comment. Okay. It's an ignorant, ignorant comment. Okay. And if that's how you want to carry yourself, go ahead. That's it, it's a reflection on you. And when you look yourself in the mirror, it says ignorant comment by you. That's what it is. That's where I'm at. I'm putting a stake in the ground on that. Now, bottom line is, I, I, you know, everybody's always hammering on the department of player safety. I just mentioned some big suspensions. I don't agree with every single thing they do, like in terms of what they do. Sometimes I think it should be, but, but I respect what they do. And I think that they go through a real thorough process. And like a lot of different things, every single play is a snowflake, Steve. It's a snowflake. There's not, there's not one that's exactly the same as the other. You talk about the Brandon Hagel play, right? Like there's all kinds of different plays. All I know is this, just because they may meet out punishment that I, that, 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 that or not meet out, doesn't mean I don't think they do a good job. Just means that we disagree on certain things. I mean, how about all the stuff with Landis Scott? 
That was a textbook picture-perfect body check on Kyler Yamamoto. It's unfortunate. I mean, that is exactly the intention of the rule when they try to define it through the body. It's it's unfortunate for Kyler. I, I don't want to see any player get hurt. But, I mean, shoulder down through him. The result. So what are we going to do? Every result that turns out bad, now we're going to suspend players? People just cry when it happens to their own guy. Then people start quoting about the offside play with Makar, and they are wrong on the quotes. Then people start talking about blindside checks, to which at that point, I grab the rule book, screenshot, and say, blindside is not in rule 48, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Boy, oh, they just... It's it's an example of the hypocrisy of society that we're in when we talk about, you know, politics or spending or whatever. The real truth of the matter is we can discuss the facts and then get into hard opinion based on facts and knowing the rule. But soon as somebody says it happened to my guy, it's a no, you want to change rule 48. I'm open to that dialogue. You want to tell me blindside check and everything else. That's just factually incorrect. By the rule book, Landis Goggs hit on 56. Kyler Yamamoto was clean, period, end of video sentence. And, and I'm going to finish with this real quickly. I'm in Edmonton on, on uh, for game three. I, I had, or the, yeah, people were still saying, uh, like, I, I still think that was the wrong call on, on the McCarr play. And, and I said, what was wrong? Just tell me what was wrong. I, I said the whole play, did he touch the puck before his player tagged up? No. Then it's a good goal. They're, they're like, Steve, we, everybody wants black and white rules or, or rules like they'd love to make them black and white. Commentary, rewrite the rule book. Like, have you been paying attention? They've been rewriting and trying to better define the rule book every year. It, you know what? The rule book comes out every year. They highlight the changes in language. Like, they highlight it. You know, oh, we need to go and look at the rule book and rewrite it. Like, really? Like, I guess people don't pay attention. And so I said, so, 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 like, was he, did he touch the puck before Nachushkin made himself onside? No. What about possession? It's not about possession. It's about, did you touch the puck? That's how they'll take up offside, the, the late offside rule. But pe- to your point, people want to see it the way they want to see it. They want to see it or they want to see it to help their cause. They're blue and white, black and white, green and white, brown, blue, and rouge. <laughs> However, it affects them in the moments. Um, we try. All we can do is try. Uh, that's what the lightning will do to try to even things up in their series. That's what the Oilers will try to do to prolong theirs. Time now for KB on ice. KB, KB <laughs> on ice. An inside look at the NHL brought to you by our friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is Canada Sportsbook 19 plus play responsibly. Four and four. You go first. Well, what do the young kids say? KK? KK, you know who's not KK? The Edmonton Oilers. They're not K. <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard to beat a team four straight games. It, it, it really is, and I, I get it. But, you know, you watch game two, you watch game three, Edmonton didn't have a footing in those games. They didn't have a footing in two goals in, in, two, in, in both those games. No footing. They're, they're getting far too little deep down their lineup. You know what? I'm going for the four-game sweep. I'm going for the four-game sweep. I think the Colorado Avalanche are too much. You know what's amazing, too? McKinnon, McDavid, all that. 
McCarr, Taze, and Bowen Byram have been unbelievable, along with Eric Johnson and, and uh, Josh Manson. I'll tell you what, I think they get a nice little rest here uh, going back to Denver, getting ready for the Stanley Cup final. And I'll just finish with this. It's going six at least, New York Rangers, Tampa Bay. How good was Kucherov in game three? Oh, baby, as Bob Cole would say. Yeah, it has to be 2-2. So it has to be more even strength goals for the Lightning. It has to be the Lightning kill Ranger penalties. They they know what's coming. It has to happen. Let them shoot from the circle. The Royal Road slot passes will kill. It has to stop. So that's at least Tampa holding serve. And the Oilers, bye-bye, Miss Canadian Pie. The father, the son, and the Holy Ghost couldn't save the Oilers in this series. And with that... It's been a great year. They're, they're as good as the Kings, as good as the Flames, but the Avalanche are on another level. And Bo Byram, third in ice time. Like, we already knew McCarr and Taze were good. <laughs> oh, my. Those three might play on a Canadian defense someday in the future. They might. Not today, but sometime in the future. So, bye-bye to the Oilers, unfortunately. But it was a great year. With the most comprehensive odds, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play out, and cash out. Join now and see what sports betting has to offer. Sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. That's sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. That's us, ladies and gentlemen. 19 plus play responsibly. I want to go back to the avalanche and this wet blanket they've thrown on the oilers, middle ice. Uh, zone entries. Uh, it's, it's, it's to me watching the little kid grow up, you know, and I know we kind of go back in modern time with the seventies Islanders and going from kid to adolescent to zits to Stanley cup champion with bruises and ice packs and seeing the development. And I know it's cliche in our sport, but we see it. And then we saw Tampa and I've seen Tampa go through it kind of really watching this green tomato turn red, which is a Pat Quinn phrase. I remember him telling the media that in 99. He basically sits there and tells the media that at that time, his Leafs are not ready yet and they're not going to win the series without saying that, that they're not, it's not their time. It's not our time. Um, And explains it in a way that you have to read between the lines. So then the avalanche go on their little journey and do their things. And then getting to this year, you've liked our Terry Lackanen. I've heard you talk about him so many times. I've liked him. I mentioned him to Colorado Radio. They don't even know who he is, as an example. They know who he is now. People who knew who Josh Manson was. Bo Byram came up earlier in the show. Bo Byram, he is like, he's playing a tree in the play when he could be the star. He could be the understudy. Like, he he could be. But he's playing the tree because that's all they need him to be, right? Right? Then you've got Pablo Francois who's belting out tunes. and and But to me, it's the progression. And the quote by McKinnon is, doesn't matter if I score or we score. It's about them not scoring. It's not about us getting points. It's about us making our defensive. Wow. Like, you know what I mean? You're like, wow, you, you've learned. You've come such a long way. You've done it. They've made it so difficult that even McDavid, okay, in a banged up dry sidle. If you can swarm McDavid, if you can throw, you like that wet blanket? You, the, the blanket only covers this. If you want to go in here, that's okay. We'll meet you at the pass, Ken Hitchcock. I Look, I like it. And they've made it not as exciting. Just like Tampa did, 
just like the Islanders did, just like the Oilers eventually when they played defense, one nothing against the Islanders. So I like seeing it because I see the little kid growing up in their efforts to win the Stanley Cup. Well, I mean, you reach a point where winning is what matters, not my, not my own personal numbers and everything. And like the game three, I'll tell you what, you're talking about throwing that wet blanket on. Nathan McKinnon, you know, like the, the high guy just waiting for them to try to come out and, and then like narrowing the space that Edmonton had to work with. Right. And, you know, it was just, it was brilliant. It was just brilliant. The, the way that they played and, and it wasn't just uh, Nathan, but you know, when you're, when your top player plays that way, it, 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 I mean, Hey, here's how we're playing, right? Like everybody on everybody, let's go ranting it. I mean, the, the plays he made, you know, blocking shots. I mean, we know what Lekkonen did, right? But like th- that was a game. And that's why I said, like, if, if Edmonton thinks that they were close or Edmonton thinks that they had a footing in that game, it's not the game I saw, not the game I saw because they didn't have a footing in that game. And, you know, but that's, that is the impressive part of it. You, you know, one of the things too, you talk about Bo Byram and, you know, you go back, I keep going back and I keep going back and I keep going back. What does everybody talk about? You know, the key to having a, a real top team, a championship caliber team is you, is you need a, a clear cut number one defenseman. Everybody goes, well, look at Carolina in 06. Different time, coming out of a lockout. And that was a good Carolina team. Don't get me wrong. You don't got a number one defenseman. I think your chances of winning the Stanley Cup are just about zero. I watch Adam Fox. I watch Victor Hedman. I watch Kale McCarr. Guess what? The Oilers don't have one. You know who else doesn't have one? The Toronto Maple Leafs. They don't have one. You think about the power play that the uh, that the New York Rangers are running. It's because Fox runs it. Fox runs that whole thing back there. Morgan Riley's a really good, solid defenseman. He can't do what Adam Fox does. The Maple Leafs lack a top-notch defenseman that can run it. Petrangelo, John Carlson, Dwayne, Chris Letang. I'm, I'm, I just keep going back. <laughs> okay, I'm just going back in time. Don't start telling me that, you, that, that everybody goes. Oh, look at the 06 Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, good. I, I looked at them. Yeah, Pronger, Niedermeyer, you know, Lidstrom, Letang. Let, let's keep going. How many? Just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Trust me. You don't got a top number one defenseman. You talk about three defensemen in Colorado. Byron, Byron, Byron has number one defenseman written all over him. Devin Tays, Steve, Canadian Olympic team. Devin Tays would be on it right now. The, the pair would be seven and eight. And in two years' time or whatever, 20, whenever the next Olympics are, it could be four, seven, and eight from Colorado on that Olympic team. That's how good those guys are. They got, a, they got an embarrassment of riches. But if teams think they're going to win without a top-notch defenseman, I don't – just about zero your chances just about zero we talked earlier about the strom loss and cop has to go in which means probably um i don't know kevin rooney comes in and then goodrow goes up because good so it might end up being cop moves over goodrow is cop uh with panarin so rooney comes in with reeves and, and mott so that's their change the luxury of having a guy that's played very well and JT Comfer up for Kadri, I think is going to work short term. He, he got 20 minutes and scored the, the winning goal. And that's good. Longer term. If it is Miller, uh, if it is JT Comfer and Francois against a healthy Tampa or Ranger team, could that be a difference maker? Does it just hurt your chances? But abs are still 
the team, like the, we, we're, we're talking major losses here. No point, no Strom, no Kadri, maybe no Kemper. Like we're, we're down to almost three teams left, three and a half with major missing pieces. Do they all cancel themselves out in your mind? I'm trying to still absorb what it kind of all means. Well, let me go. Let, let me go to Colorado real quick here. You know, Alex Newhook is a center by, 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 by you know, growing up and everything. So I, I love the way Jared Bednar worked his team in, in game three, worked the bench. Comfort played almost seven more minutes than his playoff average. But, you know, he's a big-time competitor, and he stepped up in there. And then he, he worked Landeskog into the middle of the ice at different points. That Gabriel Landeskog, I, I, I mean, I know how good he is, right? But the versatility he has, he can play left wing, right wing, center. He can play with anybody and in every situation. He, he, he what, a, what a player, what a strong player he is. And, and I know that that's the obvious. It's not something I'm just discovering. So to me, you put Newhook back in the middle. You, you use Confer. You use Landeskog around. Jared Bednar has a really good beat on his team. And, and, and I'm going to finish with this. So. Yeah, do you want Kadri? Yeah. Do you want your top goaltender? Yeah, but Francois has showed really well here, Steve. He's 5-0 in the playoffs. He's 5-0 in the playoffs, so pretty darn good. 2001, the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup in 2001. Peter Forsberg didn't play the last two rounds of the playoffs. People forget that. He had the spleen, and he couldn't play. That went to game seven against the mighty New Jersey Devils. Do I think that uh, a team can win? We talked about canceling out. I think the Colorado Avalanche are absolutely, definitely good enough to win without Kemper and without Kadri. They're that good. They're that good. Because they still have McKinnon, and they still have Rantanen, and they still have Landeskog, and, you know, they got speed, and they got speed right through their lineup. And... I think Jared Bednar is a hell of a coach, and I think he's shown it in these playoffs. I think he's shown it over time. To your point, the green tomato turning red, it's not just on the ice, it's behind the bench as well. It's funny because as we're close to final thoughts, Jared Bednar is my final thought after that 48-point season. Um, who is this guy from Western Canada? Why? Like, think about how quietly, how long he's been there. Think about his run of almost, I'm not saying every year, but like Al Arbor, if it was today, Al Arbor would have been fired in two and a half years. The media pressure on the island, they would have fired him. And then maybe the year after, they would have fired Bill Torrey. Like, imagine that. Um, and Joe, we didn't know if he wanted the job or he was just going to be the acting president and general manager and hire what some said was a real hockey person there. Uh, and look how it's kind of happened. And for, for Forsberg, great example. People do forget. And the younger generation won't know because they were 10 at the time. So they won without Forsberg. Well, how far back do I have to go to Latang and the Penguins winning? And Tampa and Stamkos winning. And now Tampa's trying to win without point. So if we really are a team, there's no I in team, but there's a team in win, then we will miss a big spoke in the wheel, but we are strong enough together and we will make up for that, whether they come back or whether they're out and to me jared bednar i mean i you talk about team canada i would like to think if it's john cooper with barry trotz and jared bednar would be kind of the you know father son and the holy ghost 
uh, behind Team Canada's bench in 2024 World Cup or 2026 Olympics. And remember at the beginning, get rid of this guy. Who is this? Just because you don't know somebody or your team doesn't win on your time frame doesn't mean it doesn't. Go live. The, the, the wings aren't winning on my time frame. So get rid of Iserman. Okay. All right. Because it doesn't work for you, Sally. We have to go by your plan. Uh, so that's what I say. So to Jared Bednar, hasn't done anything yet. Hasn't won anything yet. But the way he's handling this cadre thing, I like it. And the way he's handled the avalanche and losing, transitioning, I like it a lot. Uh, remember, Landis Scog was out down the stretch with an injury, right? He, you know, you know, and and you know, getting 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 healthy and coming back. So he he knows coaches understand how to manage their their, their lineup through different trials and tribulations in the regular season. Jared Bednar won a championship in the East Coast Hockey League. Steve, he won a championship in the American Hockey League. He came into a situation in in Colorado that was really really challenging. Because he followed Patrick Waugh. And that's when Joe Sackick said, no, Patrick, you're not here anymore. This isn't working. And that's when Joe really asserted himself. And after that season, the easy thing would have been, easy thing to do would have been, oh, we're going to get a new coach. But Joe knew. Joe knew. And he said, don't be worried about the number of points. I believe that this guy, we're going to give him a better opportunity to perform. And that's exactly what Jared's done. The team got better. He's gotten better. He's got championship pedigree. So, Joe Sackett, Chris McFarland, they've done a great job in there. Those are final thoughts brought to you by Ultimate Hockey Fans, not a group or a, a people. It's a product, a must for everybody in the hockey basement. Talk to Paul Cohen. He'll make you the ceiling fan or puck light fixtures that look great in any family room, ultimatehockeyfans.com forward slash cool button pod for our discount. Also as part of final thoughts, I see Kerry Price preparing to play next year. Fingers crossed. Do you change your mind or is he preparing to play? But then if he can't play like Ben Bishop, he'll decide that it is over. I hope to see Kerry back. At least he's not already pulled the shoot. He is trying Mr. Button. That is my final thought. Yeah, Carey's not a pull-to-shoot guy. So, I mean, like Tuka Rask, you know, he went through and came back and he, he tried and he felt he couldn't do it. So, I mean, Carey's, Carey's a dyed-in-the-wool competitor. And, you know, you think about uh, everything that he's gone through in the, in the last 12 months. I mean, Stanley Cup final, taking a team and just performing brilliantly like we've seen Carey. And then more, more importantly, performing brilliantly off the ice you know, saying, Hey, I need help saying that I got to get my life in order. There's some things that just aren't working and, you know, putting priorities in the, in their, in their proper place. That's what Kerry did. I couldn't be happier to me, the bill Masterton uh, trophy, him winning that. I, I think he exemplifies it in every way on and off the ice. And you know, Kerry's going to prepare to be great because that's, that's Kerry's mindset. He, he prepares to be great. I hope he can be great again. I think the Montreal Canadiens hope he can be great again. I hope young goaltenders can watch him be great again and learn from him because he's a goaltender that uh, doesn't get himself into vulnerable spots. And it would be great to see him donning the blue, blanc, a rouge. That's Cezanne Prochet. Well, we hope you think episode 71 was great and we believe 72 will be even greater. Hopefully two great game fours coming up. 
and then we'll be here to analyze them all for Craig Button on the road again, watching the stars of tomorrow today. I love that slogan. I'm Steve Coolius. Be good, be well, take care of one another, and we'll see you on 72. Ciao.